Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy to be together in April. Um, yeah, last Sunday we woke up to winter, and this Sunday we, it feels like spring, doesn't it? it it's, there's a few flowers that are sticking up out of the grass, and uh, uh, the air is warmer. It just feels, please, Lord, let it be the end of the snow. Please, Lord. <laughs> Don't think back to last year where on the second Sunday of April, service was canceled because of an ice storm. We're going to forget about that. And this year, we're, uh, let us be done. This Easter season, it's, it's been a joy to be looking at images of Christ, some of his, uh, his, his traits. Um, we've been looking at him as prophet. We looked at Jesus as king, Jesus as savior. Last week, we looked at him as Jesus, the Lamb of God. Today we are looking at him as the Son of God and the Son of Man. Now, these are pictures of Jesus, but not photos, not images that we can look at and, and, and put away. Instead, they are sort of the experiences of, of Christ. They're interactions. They're parts of our relationship with Jesus. There are all of these different characteristics. Uh, we don't sit passively and look at these portraits and then walk away um, just just things in our minds, we interact with how we understand Jesus is like with his character. Um, We experience Jesus when we encounter him through each of these pictures. We experience him differently when he's priest than when he's king. When we experience Jesus as servant, when we experience Jesus as the Lamb of God, or today, Son of Man and Son of God, Um, we must hear him speak to us as a prophet. We must walk with him into the throne room of heaven as our priest. We must be grateful for his life and his blood as the Lamb of God. Um, God doesn't call us just to acknowledge these facts. He calls us into a relationship with him as king, servant, prophet, priest, Lamb of God, Son of God and Son of Man, and next week, a Jesus friend of sinners. Um, He calls us to walk with him in obedience and to trust him. So as you look at this list on the screen, the portraits of Christ, and as we move towards Easter, my question to you is, which one of these portraits of Jesus is king, servant, prophet, priest, lamb, son of God, son of man, and and friend of sinners? Which one is closest to your heart? and Which one is sort of most meaningful to you? Which one do you warm to? I'd like you to turn to the person beside you and to, to share which one or two of these portraits are the most meaningful to you. You've got, let's just take a minute, think about it. Which one of these portraits are most meaningful to you? Tell the person beside you, have a little conversation about the portraits of Christ. Take a minute. They're all meaningful portraits. Mr. Bolt, which one is the most meaningful portrait for you? Do you know which? Jesus the servant. Beautiful. Beautiful. Matt, which one would be most meaningful for you? Yeah, servant or friend of sinners. Lydia, which would be most meaningful for you? Yes, sorry, this Lydia. Friend of sinners. Marlon, which one is most for you? 
friend of sinners as well. And sorry, the first one? The king, yes. Marlon and Marie will be um, joining us as church members in three weeks' time. If you haven't met Marlon and Marie and, and their beautiful daughter, make sure you say hello to them today. Portraits of Christ, we experience him as king, servant, prophet, priest, lamb, son of God, and son of man. And that's what we're going to look at today. Out of Mark 14, 53 to 65, I chose this because it uses both titles, Jesus the Son of God and Jesus the Son of Man. And I chose it because we are in the season of Lent with the, the 40 days leading up to Easter Sunday. If you're unfamiliar with Lent, it's simply the season of um, preparation for Easter, uh, much like the season that we prepare for Christmas um, that we call Advent. So Lent is this building up towards this celebration of the, the death and the resurrection of Christ. So our Bible passage today prepares us for the season of Easter. It's, it's a tough passage, and, and Carissa did a good job reading it, but it's not a nice passage when you think of someone spitting on our Lord. My goodness, it's, an, it's a difficult passage to read and a difficult passage to hear. Um, I chose it because we need Jesus' power. We need to understand him in a fresh way during the Easter season. We need to rely on Jesus who changes things, who changes us, whom we can trust with our family, who has authority in heaven and on earth. And so let's look at this passage a little bit more deeply today. We read from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, we see that throughout them that the Jewish leaders were constantly hounding Jesus. They were looking for a way to kill him, basically, to put him to death. Uh, They didn't like him because he upset the apple cart. He disturbed things. He called for change, radical change. He condemned uh, what was wrong in their hearts. He condemned the actions of people. He condemned the Jewish leaders. And this upset them. And they were so angry that they looked for a way to kill Jesus. This story tells of a trial. Now, this is a religious trial, not a civil trial. Jesus is brought before the Jewish leaders and the Jewish rulers. And witnesses were brought against Jesus in an attempt to prove that Jesus should be killed. So that's that's sort of the context for our story today. Um, The Jewish leaders did not have authority to kill anyone to carry out a sentence of death. Um, So they had decided that they would first accuse him and then take him to to Pilate, to another trial where he could be uh, put to death. But first they had to find him guilty. So what do you do if you need to find someone guilty of something for which they are not guilty? What do you do? You find a false witness. You find someone who will lie for you. So that's what they did. They took Jesus in front of this court, uh, this Jewish court, and they found people to lie, to be false witnesses. And um, the chief priest, the high priest there, his name was Caiaphas, um, his goal was to try to get Jesus to say something to incriminate himself because the people who were lying weren't doing a very good job. Their stories uh, didn't work together, so it, it, it didn't make sense. So the chief priest stood up before him and asked Jesus, 
Why are you not answering? Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men have been bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Then the high priest asked him, Are you Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? Matthew 14 there. Are you Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? Now, Son of the Blessed One is the way you say Son of God in Hebrew. Um, You may have heard people say that Jesus never claimed to be God, um, but this Son of the Blessed One is Son of God. To be true... He was asking Jesus, are you the Son of God? Are you the Son of the Blessed One, is how he put it. The Jewish leaders almost never used the name for God. In fact, it was unused for so many years that they've forgotten how it's supposed to be pronounced. There's different words in the Bible, Hebrew and Greek, for God. Adonai, which means Lord God. El Shaddai, you'll know that one, uh, God Almighty. Elohim. Father God. Now, the word that is used here is uh, the tetragrammaton, it's called. And this is the Y-H-W-H. Have you, have you, we, we have translated that Yahweh, or some people translate it Jehovah. But we don't know the name of God in the Old Testament. We, we don't have the vowels. We don't know what the name is. So all we have left is the Y-H-W-H. I want you to speak Hebrew this morning. Say with me, Yod, He, Vav, He. Those are the four letters in the Hebrew alphabet that are used for the Lord God Almighty. And in Hebrew, you couldn't say that because to say the name of God would be, would be wrong, would be a sin. And in fact, those four words, if you can say the word hey while breathing in, it would sound like this, yod, hey, vav, hey. Try it. Yod, hey, vav. What does that sound like? Breath. It sounds like you're breathing. And there are theologians who believe that the name of God, who created us? God created us. And our every breath belongs to who? To God. And his name is Yod, Hey, Vav, which means breath. God, he asked, the the priest asked Jesus, are you the son of the living God? Are you the son of Yahweh? yod Heh vav Heh. Incredible. And we are children of Yahweh. And every breath we have belongs to him. Jesus replies to Caiaphas, the chief priest, He says, I am. Are you the son of the blessed one? Jesus claims, I am. So it's clear Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed to be divine, to have the ability to forgive sins, to heal, to command the forces of nature, and he proved it. 
The question is, what does that mean to us? It means that Jesus was not just a good moral teacher. He wasn't just a good example or a wise man or a prophet. He was and is God, Yahweh. He demonstrated this most fully when he raised from the dead by defeating the power of death and evil, by being crucified yet emerging from the grave, something that we're going to celebrate in just a few short weeks. This is the most unique teaching of Christianity in comparison to other religions. The one we follow is still alive. Jesus is still alive. It's incredible. Muhammad has died. Confucius is dead. Lakshmi, the, the, Hebrew, the Hindu god, never lived. Jesus is alive and he reigns. And this is what we celebrate. We don't just look at a picture of Jesus, one picture of him, and, and read a history book. We walk with Jesus. We talk with him. We listen. We pray. We obey. He's alive and he's in charge and he's powerful. The question is, where do you need his power today? Where do you need the touch by this powerful son of God? The one who took the entire Jewish leadership and he spoke to them face to face and he declared, I am. I am the Son of God. Where do you need the touch of God today? He is here and Jesus longs to come in power. All we need to do is to let him. The problem is that it's sometimes hard to let God work in our lives. It's hard because we don't like letting go. We don't like letting someone else be in charge of our lives. You have to trust them. The problem with the Jewish leaders is that they refused to recognize who God was. He did the miracles right in front of them. Did they believe? No. Jesus healed and he taught in the synagogues and, and throughout Jerusalem and around. Did they believe? No. He raised from the dead himself. And did they believe at this point? No, they didn't. They didn't. No matter what Jesus did, they would not believe. He didn't fit their mold. He didn't fit their expectations. They refused to see God at work among them. They refused to believe. God was in their midst, and they didn't recognize him. What a, what a story. God was in their midst, and they didn't recognize him. Did we do the same thing? Is God in our midst and sometimes we don't see him? There's so many people around us that don't recognize God. Maybe even our own family members and friends who don't walk in faith. People who think that God couldn't help me. He couldn't clean up my life. He can't get me out of this situation. But he can and he will. Jesus wants to be the son of God in power in our lives. He longs to care for us. He offers and desires to come even now to bring power to change us. The question is, will we let him or will we resist? Or, like these Jewish leaders, will we persecute him and be blind to who he is? There's more to the scripture this morning. And in Jesus' answer to the high priest, he first claims, he says, I am, I am the son, son of the blessed one, the son of God. Then he uses a second title in verse 62. Jesus said, And you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. His second title here is Son of Man. And this is one of Jesus' favorite titles for himself. You, you may not remember it, but he used it 80 times 
in the New Testament in reference to who he is. Jesus is the son of man. There's a lot of debate about what that really means, but let's take a look at it. It's clear that it means a title of power. The title son of man comes from the Old Testament, from the prophetic book Daniel chapter 7. And uh, do we have it on, David, do we have the Daniel scripture? I don't, know if, I don't, don't know if I asked you to put that one up there. No, you don't have it? Let me read it to you. Here's Daniel 7. It says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given, the Son of Man was given, authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion and will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Daniel seven thirteen and 14. That's who the Son of Man is. So you, you see this picture of the Son of Man as one who has power, who has given authority and sovereign power, who everybody bows and worships. He is the king of a kingdom that cannot fail. Incredible. So what is the reaction when the Jewish leaders hear this, to Jesus' claim to be the Son of God, but then to be the Son of Man? Well, I don't know if this has ever happened at Scott Street, but the, 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 the pastor tore his robes. It says the high priest tore his robes. He declared Jesus a blasphemer and sentenced him to death. And then in an amazing picture, they get violent. So here is a gathering of of priests and and high officials. This group of prestigious men, proud and self-important. What do they do when Jesus claims to be the Son of God and the Son of Man? Well, it speaks about them spitting on him. They spat at him and they hit him. They mocked him. It was just way too much for them to handle. That Jesus claimed to be the God of power, the Son of God, and the Son of Man. It was too much for them to bear. So, what does the scripture teach us this morning? Well, it teaches us that Jesus made some strong claims. To be the Son of God and the Son of Man. To be the God of power. And the Jewish leaders rejected him and crucified him. So the question is, how do we respond? And how does our world respond to the three options that we have? Our first option is to reject Jesus. And that's what the Jewish leaders did. The second one is to try to ignore it or or just pay no attention to him. And the third is to accept his claims and, and to believe. And for us here, we believe. But there are many around us that are much like the Jewish leaders who outright reject Christ still. Then there are those who just don't want to pay attention and just sort of try to ignore Jesus. They they know he exists, but, but they try to ignore it. And sometimes in our spiritual lives, we like to swim in the shallow end. Not being willing to sweep, to swim in the deep end. Being a little afraid to commit to life in a depth with Jesus. When this is the case, it leads to a half-hearted Christian life. Jesus did not say, follow me if you'd like to and if it's not too inconvenient. He didn't say that. Rather, he said, take up my cross and follow me. Take up the cross and follow me. Jesus says, jump in the deep end with me. And as we come to Easter... In two weeks' time, 
It's always a time for all of us to recommit, to say, yes, let me lift that cross with you and follow you, Jesus. You know, when I write a sermon, when I write it, first I preach it to myself. I preach it to myself. I need to be a Christian living at depth. I need to live my life in Christ, as do all of us. I need to be a Christian living deeply in Christ before I can encourage you to do the same. So I do. I encourage each and every one of us to follow Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, wholeheartedly. He reigns in power. And his greatest desire is that we would be a part of his church, that we would follow him and be his son and daughter. He wants to reign completely in our lives, to have power to change, have power to sustain, to give us power we need to see and understand his work in our lives. So will we give him the power that he deserves? Will we welcome that power into our lives? There's a wonderful uh, Chinese leader. His name was Watchman Nee, and he was an a influential Chinese leader in the 20s and 30s. And he tells a story of a, of a new believer who came to him in distress. And this new believer said to him, uh, Watchman, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I try, I simply cannot seem to be faithful to God. I think I'm losing my salvation even though it's so young. And Watchman Nee said, said to him, he was at his house, he said, Do you see the dog over there? He said, He is my dog. He is house trained. He never makes a mess. He is obedient. And he is a pure delight to me. Looking at the dog. Then he said, Look over there. Out in the kitchen, I have my son, my baby son. He makes a mess. He throws his food around. He dirties his clothes. He's a total mess. But who is going to inherit my kingdom? Not my dog. My son is my heir. And you are Jesus Christ's heir. Because it's for you that he died. We can expect God to move in power in our lives because he's adopted us as his sons and his daughters. He's made us his children and his heirs. And I believe that he wants now to work in power in our lives. Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, lives and works through us. And that's our gift to us this Easter. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are our life. You have breathed your breath into us. And we are alive because of you. Our every breath belongs to you. My very existence, my very being, I owe to you. In you I live and move and have my, my being. You are the vine and I the true branch of yours. Father, you have made me alive with Christ. You came that I might have life and have it abundantly. So Christ, now I offer you my life as we come towards Easter. 
and the celebration of your resurrection. We say, take our lives afresh and use us. Each new day, please let us be filled with your spirit. Wherever we go, let us spread love, joy, peace, goodness, and faithfulness. Let us desire to become more like you and to worship you in all we do. Help us desire these things so much more than anything else. Thank you for always going before us, for loving us and calling us your sons and your daughters. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.